Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hallelujah. Glory. We welcome the word of the Lord in the house this morning. Speak to us, Lord, speak to us. Hallelujah. May our ears be open this morning. The word of life is in the house. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. The Lord has a word for you this morning. The word has a Lord has a word for you this morning. Mm, I want you to be ready to receive. Glory. I see somebody's about to be blessed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. 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 I have a word for somebody on that second row right there. Mm-hmm. I have a word for somebody on that second row. Mm-hmm. But first we want to get to this word. There's a revelation here that uh, I don't think you've ever seen. Hmm? It's amazing. The blessings right before our eyes when we can't see them. Uh, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light. This scripture hinges around the word fellowship. If we walk in the light, right? If we walk in the light, we have fellowship. That means you come out. You are seen. Light is seen. Darkness is not seen. It is seen, but you can't see what's in it. You don't know what's in the container. But light. And so if we walk in the light, we walk in fellowship. Light and fellowship is the same thing when we look at the scripture. So do you live in the light or do you live in the darkness? Are you a sociable person or an unsociable person? If you're unsociable, then you live in the darkness. Even though you may have your fancy light on. Mm. 
You have not come out into the light. You have not come out where people can see you. Jesus says, you know, nobody puts a light and hides it, but you bring it out. So light is fellowship. So the first thing we asked ourselves this morning, am I a sociable person or am I not a sociable person? Some people might say a wallflower. That's a term for it. Introverted. And sometimes you may justify yourself by that. You say, well, I'm, I keep to myself. That means you stay in darkness if you keep to yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you know, it says make it your ambition to live a quiet life. But a quiet life doesn't mean you don't have fellowship. Now, there is a question of what kind of fellowship and with who you have fellowship with. But the whole key here is fellowship. If you're a sociable person, you're, you're kind of in the right direction. Now, a sociable person and an unsociable person could both not have a relationship with God. You could not have fellowship with God. Because sometimes you make friends in your environment, your life. And sometimes you think you just by yourself with God. Listen, you cannot be by yourself with God and be in God. If you have fellowship with God, God's going to tell you, get out of the darkness and go out into the light and live life. So light and fellowship is the same thing. But you're about to see something. I don't know if you should have come to church this morning or not. I know some of us have amnesia. We forget things. But it's hard to forget what you saw. So you got your seeing on this morning. You're in the light. All right. Scripture. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from some sin or all sin? All sin. Some translations say every sin. All sin. King James says all sin. Cleanses us from all sin. So we know that we cannot be cleansed without the blood of Jesus. But what we don't know is the blood only works in fellowship. So online people are not saved. Now, maybe a little communication back and forth. You could still be sociable within that concept. And it's, a, it's strange that we have social media and all of this. But, but what are we doing in that fellowship? Now, notice, it, it never says, Scripture, please. It, it says nothing about the blood of Jesus purifying you are making you clean outside of fellowship. It says if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. You can't be in Christ and not have fellowship. Now, I understand sometimes the Lord might get you away from old acquaintances and things that uh, 
or bad environments. I understand that. But you cannot be in Christ and not have fellowship. In fact, this scripture says something that just still makes me scratch my head. That the blood only works in fellowship. See, you can have a nice sword. You could have a very expensive sword. You could have it up on your wall. But a sword only works in battle. Sword is, even though you might use it for show, it doesn't do nothing. It wouldn't even have to be sharp. It wouldn't even have to be metal. It could be plastic. In a case, the sword only works in battle. The blood only works in fellowship. So some of us stay-at-home saints and all by myself saints and I, I, I don't I keep to myself saints listen you're not in Christ you lie to yourself because the blood only works in fellowship it's in fellowship that that we realize how much we need the blood of Christ so when the Lord said this to me you know it's is, is making me scratch my head here because I'm saying but, but what about fellowship with you Lord but every, all the fellowship that we have with the Lord is how to interact. Christ is in us. You can't have fellowship with Christ and not have fellowship with your brother or sister. It's all about fellowship. Well, you may say, well, ain't there some sins that you would just sin to yourself? But here's the thing. Every sin you do hurts somebody. Pornography hurts somebody. It hurts your children. It hurts somebody. In other words, it, it's, it's a distraction from what you could be doing sociably and fellowship-wise. Every sin that you do affects somebody. No matter how isolated you think your sin is, it affects the fellowship. And it also, all that guilt, affects the way that you interact in fellowship. And it also affects what kind of fellowship you attract. So the blood only works in fellowship because Jesus has come to us to give us this word. And he says, I'm coming back to incorporate us into a fellowship in heaven. Hmm? Now, I know some of you think you've got a mansion up there all by yourself. You better read that word again. You better read that word again. The blood only works in fellowship. Now, here's the thing. This is, this is the thing. So whether we're sociable or unsociable, if we're sociable, at least we're getting out. Unsociable, we're definitely... You, you may have the blood of Jesus, but it's like a sword that you just keep on the wall. You may have the blood of Jesus, and it says, you know, it says that, you know, if... If we say that we are without sin, whether we're sociable or unsociable, that we lie and deceive ourselves. So, you know, you might keep to yourself and say, I'm a good person. But you're not a good person because you're not having fellowship. The blood of Jesus requires fellowship. Hmm? It requires fellowship. Now, what type of fellowship? Hmm? It says, you know, no coarse joking. It talks about your language. It talks about attitudes and all of these things. So that doesn't mean the sociable 
person is set free today. Now, this is what I realize that Christians do. And sometimes I, I, I would even see that in myself. Sometimes I pull away from people because I don't want to sing it. Because it's like when I get around people, you know, some of us, we want to say people make us sin, but I think uh, all people make you sin. You know, at some point you got to realize maybe sin is in you. It only shows up when you have fellowship. Mm. Now, somebody would, somebody would say, okay, 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 maybe, uh, you know, but my sin shows up sometimes when I'm by myself. But it shows up because there's a lack of fellowship. It's all related to fellowship. But here's what a lot of Christians do. We pull away. Granted, we should pull away from certain people. But we pull away because that's how we feel less uh, lustful, you know, less greedy, less boastful. Because hmm? I admit sometimes when I get around people, I, I don't like who I become. Or maybe I don't like who I am. I say I don't like who I become because then I, I run back into my closet and I say, I'm a good person. So I don't like who those people make me be. But nobody can't make you be anything you don't want to be. Now, some of us, we just get sociable and we talk all kinds of stupidness. We boast. We do everything. We none seared our conscience and we don't feel guilty about it. We say we're a good Christian. We love everybody. But the Bible says you're lying. You say you're without sin. Uh, but in all of that fellowship, are you having fellowship with the Lord? Sometimes we are sociable to avoid Jesus. And then sometimes we're unsociable to avoid people. Both situations means we are lost. But let me get back to this thing because I think this might be uh, a lot of us. We pull away from people so we don't sin. Because we think, okay, that environment that makes me sin, that makes me become somebody that I don't like. Am I talking to anybody this morning? You ever realize that when you get around people, you just, oh, Lord, you do. Their pride just jumps all over you. What makes you think you didn't carry no pride to the party? <laughs> but even if it is their pride, why did you drink it? Yes? Why didn't you stick with some Coke or something like that? Why, why, you, why you drink uh, Jack and all them, right? Huh? <laughs> so you, you pull away and, and you get your Bible and you pull away and you isolate yourself. You say... There's nobody like me. I just love you, Lord. I just love you. You are a liar because you don't fellowship. The blood of Jesus will make you fellowship. When you get saved, the last thing you want to do is live in a cave. You want your time to read your Bible, but you want your time to express what Christ has done for you. And you want to help somebody. Salvation pushes you into fellowship. Salvation pushes you into the family of God. So we, we, many times we pull away. And we pull away from the world. 
When the Lord never said, I'm pulling you away from the world, I'm setting you aside so you don't act like them. I want you to be a light as I am a light. I don't want you to be darkness like their darkness. But what we do many times is we pull away to keep from sinning. But that don't mean sin didn't go home with you. It's just in the fellowship. Hmm? Hmm? You say, everybody's so boastful. Everybody's so lustful. Hmm? Nobody wants to listen. See, you, 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 you judge the whole world and you go home. Hmm? And you don't have fellowship. It's in the fellowship that each of us realizes our shortcomings. It's in the fellowship that we realize, okay, I can't have the spotlight all the time. It's not all about me. And especially when you've got some honest brothers and sisters that say, well, all the time, it's always about you. Huh? Yes? We could be talking about biology, and somehow or another, you would turn it into you. Uh, yes? You could convert the whole world to you, you know. Or, or maybe you just get in that place, and you just start boasting. Somebody says they have this, and then you start to say, I got this, and I got this. Huh? Or, or maybe you get into that environment... And, and, and all this attraction is coming up. And you don't know how to deal with all this attraction. So you say, this world is lustful. And you run back home. Thinking that now you are pure. You run back home. You, you kneel down. You pray, Lord, remove this from me. And you're feeling good. You know why you're feeling good? Because there's nothing around you to expose you. Hmm? At home you say, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not boasting like all those other people. Lord, you delivered me from boasting. All right, let's, let's put you in a crowd. <laughs> Evenly yoked crowd, you know. Evenly yoked crowd. Let's put you in a crowd and let's see if you can keep from boasting. Let's see if you can keep from lusting. Let's see if you can keep from getting angry. Because hmm? see, pride hates pride. You, you always don't, you don't like people that boast. Why? Because that's what you do. <laughs> See, it's in that fellowship that shows all the ungodliness about you. And it's in that fellowship that you go along with anything. You, you, you forget John 3.16. You forget scripture. You forget what God told you to do. God sent you there to give them a word, but you went there to party. You forgot what you went to go do. You forgot that you delight. But at home in your bedroom, you're just shining. <laughs> you're just shining, you know. You're just shining. Eh? Cockroaches are saved. You're just shining. You're just shining. And see... It's a known fact that, that a lot of church people don't like fellowship. You don't like fellowship. Why? Because it's the fellowship that exposes you. In the fellowship, you feel small. In the fellowship, you feel ugly. In the fellowship, you feel overdressed, underdressed. 
in the fellowship. Now, you, you like your little small social groups. Your small social groups. You know, sometimes people just shock me. Because they act so holy and shy and pure around me. <laughs> but when I catch you with a little group, you know. Even in this house, you know. Some of you, you're so, you're so, you're so, I don't know, you know. You just, you just, I don't know, you're just a shining light around me. And, and if I walk around and catch you in fellowship, you know, in the cafe or somewhere like that, or, or at Price Mart or something like that, there's a different you that's there. But that's not you being in the light, that's you being in social media. That's you and your little clique. Uh, See, if you're the light, people change to be like you or they want to kill you. Uh, but it's not always about just disturbing the darkness. It's about walking into it and letting people know that they're not feeling condemned. So some of us, we get out into the social aspect where we become like everybody else. And then those of us that have a good conscience, we hate ourselves because we became like everybody else. And we did not testify. And we laughed at that... Um, we laughed at that uh, joke that was not too clean and not too appropriate. And then we feel bad about it. And then we go home and repent. And we say, I ain't going around that person no more. But the person ain't the problem. You're the problem. Because they didn't get you down and tickle you with no feather. So some of you are road warriors, but you've never been tested. Some of you are Ferraris, but you've never been tested. What good is a race car without a track? Hmm? You say you've got this fast, fast car, but you never put it on a track. Hmm? What good is a sword if there's no battle? What good is a gun if there's no bullet? Hmm? Hmm? What good is there a degree if you don't ever do nothing with it? Hmm? Hmm? What good is a kitchen if you don't know how to cook? Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what good is it to have a romantic heart if you ain't never found nobody to love? Maybe we like the idea of being single and being the best lover around. Isn't it amazing how many people think they're wonderful lovers until they get married? And it's like, oh. Huh? And then we try to find a replacement. And we realize the replacement. Huh? And then we say all men are the same or all women are the same. Maybe you're the same. Maybe you should change you. Hmm? Hmm? See, it's in the fellowship that we see who we are. Hmm? It's not in the cave. It's not in our prayer closet that we see who we are. That prayer closet is when we have fellowship with God, but in that fellowship with God, everything's about how to enter into fellowship. And the reason we don't forsake God is because we're supposed to take God into the fellowship. But what we do is we take God into the fellowship and then we forgot God came with us. And we flirt with somebody else. The world, perhaps. Right? Or we're at home with God and we don't ever bring the Lord out into fellowship. 
Hmm? Yes. Hmm. Let's say, for example, you had a wonderful husband. See, they're not watching me. You didn't enter into the fellowship. Y'all not watching me. Huh? See, she done got her head bent backwards. She trying to see me. But these two staring on like this. I didn't see no robbery. I didn't see nothing. I didn't see nothing. I, didn't, I ain't going to report nothing. I didn't see nothing. I just waiting for the light to change, you know. But let's say you have a husband, right? And he takes you to this social gathering. But he forgets he come with you. You, you can't find him. I don't know if he's in the coat closet where he's at, but you can't find him. What does that say about the relationship? Or what if he never wants to take you anywhere? See, either way, he dumped you. And if we have fellowship with Jesus, we're supposed to take him places. Uh, he don't want to sit on the couch every night and watch Indian movies. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that, you know, that sometimes I understand um, there's certain groups we might need to get away from. We may not be strong enough. And I do understand there's a time in your life when God will take you away from everybody because you just don't know who you are. You're like a chameleon. You just change all kinds of colors. Mm. One time you, you're red as hell. Next time you're green as envy. And you don't know who you are. So there is a time when God sometimes, in the beginning, he will pull you away because you don't know who you are. Until you know who you are, you, you can't recognize Christ inside of you. It's just like a, a breeze is coming through and you change. One minute you like Jesus, the next minute you like the devil. Because you don't know who you are and who you want to be. So I understand that. And I understand with these, these teenagers here, when we talk about fellowship, they say, oh yes, I can go on media now. See, there's some people you need to stay away from. Because you can't convert them. And they're trying very hard to convert you. And if you're not strong enough, and that's the thing I realize about young people, they don't know who they are yet. So they keep looking around, who am I? You know who I am? They ask the teacher, they ask the drug dealer, they ask the prostitute, all those in, in, in their environment in school, they say, do you know who I am? And they say, you're like us. See, that, that's the thing with young people, you don't know who you are. So it's easy for you to convert to other people. But here's the thing. The fellowship brings to life who you are. Well, I'm just a quiet person. I just keep to myself. No, you're a liar. You're a liar. Because when you get in your little groups, if you have a little group, you ain't quiet. You're just afraid to be who God has called you to be. And you're afraid that if you disagree with somebody, you know, they're going to unfollow you. So it's the pressure, but it's the fellowship that identifies you.
makes you who you are. Huh? You, can, you can't stop socializing. You can't stop fellowshipping. That's one of the drawbacks of the whole church. We don't fellowship. Huh? We don't fellowship. We was practicing sociable distancing before the pandemic came. What? You know that's true. You, you sitting down in the seat with somebody in church that's long before we knew about masks and you still huh? you still doing it because we're afraid now I understand it might be a new thing and you're trying to be a new creature and some of these people make you turn out to be the old creature but that's because you got some loose wiring you got some loose wiring it, it, it don't it don't it don't connect all the time. But see, in that, what does it say? That we, with one another, we have fellowship with one another, and in the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all. Emphasis on the word all. All. Every sin. It's in the fellowship. Because sometimes when we get in fellowship and we act stupid, we think God is against us. God knew that when you were sitting home in the cave. He brought you out of the cave so he can say, hey, we need to deal with this. Because you're not as pure as you think you are. Hmm? Now, some of us, we're not even pure when we're by ourselves. But some of us, we can manage to be a little pure when we're by ourselves. You know, we got the gospel music on. We got this. You know, we're feeling holy and, and all this, right? Huh? It, it's, like, it's, like this, it's like this old Toyota, you know, while it's sitting still. Vroom, 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 vroom. But when you put it in gear, <laughs> see, some of y'all, when you get put in gear, that's when the devil starts showing up. And that's when you ain't got as much engine as you think you got. Because it's a fellowship. But here's the thing. God loves you. And here's the thing. God didn't come to condemn you. But sometimes in the fellowship, we feel like we're bad people. We feel like we didn't witness enough or we didn't do this enough or, or maybe we witnessed too much. We, we feel all this clumsiness and sometimes we just avoid it. Because in the avoiding, we can sit home and say, I don't have sin. But the scriptures all around this says you lie. The one above it and the one below it says we lie to ourselves. We deceive ourselves. It's in that fellowship that you learn to be Christ-like. And listen, he doesn't get angry when you do stupidness. He says, uh-huh, see there? Let's fix that. Let's fix that. It may take a time or two, but sooner or later, you break the habit. Sooner or later, you quit laughing at the coarse jokes. Because some of you may work in places where people are saying all kinds of nasty things, and, and everybody else is laughing, and you look kind of stupid there because you don't know what to do. Or sometimes you give in to the laughter, and then you feel bad because you do. Right? Because sometimes you're in a work environment, you can't change that. But you can change, or rather not change, who you are. Hmm? Or sometimes you just go along things to fit in. Hmm? See, when Jesus wants you to be the light, as he is the light, in that fellowship. But here's the thing, the fellowship sometimes is, is risky, isn't it? Seems like it always, always get into a back and out. Listen, if you always get into a back and out, you got back and out in you. 
Because if you had peace in you, back and now, people would not attract you. You wouldn't find yourself on that road with the back and now people. Hmm? Two people fighting in church, they sit on the same road. They're looking for each other. It's the fellowship. Now, here's the thing I want you to hear. You may not be good at it. God knew you was not good at it even before you got into the fellowship. Yet, here's the thing. You might be lustful as a dog. Yes, you might be a man and, and, and you get in fellowship with some young ladies and you just, I mean, your mind and your eyes going all over the place. Hmm? You know you're supposed to lift your eyes up to the heels, but you keep looking down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you, 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 might be, you might be a young lady and you you in fellowship, you know, with, with some, some of the guys. And, and the next thing you know, you say, he's so tall, you know. It might be saying something stupid like that, you know. Huh? Yeah. And you didn't put no blush on, but blush came with the, with the fellowship. Huh? Now, granted, uh, in some of those environments, you might need some chaperones, or you might say, hey, hey, you need a friend that would nudge you when you, you know, you forget why you're there and who you are and that you got saved and, and that you repented for all those things. But see, it's that fellowship that exposes it. And sometimes you get around people that, 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 that inspire you, but it's still you the one who's going to go to hell for all that. But Christ didn't come that you would go to hell. He come to save you and that, that you would have a wonderful life and, and you would have a prosperous life. But until you learn how to deal with fellowship, huh? how to learn to talk with people, how to learn to interact with people, how to learn to be patient when somebody is not waiting on you. Huh? When... The, when the cashier at, at KFC is not waiting on you fast enough. And when they got a bad spirit, how, how, to, how to control yourself? Hmm? How, how to be in that fellowship? Hmm? See, that's the real test. And in there, the blood of Jesus purifies you from all unrighteousness. Not when you got your two or three little groups around and you feel like you're in control of the group. See, you're controlling you may say, well, I, I don't like big crowds. No, you don't like big crowds because you're a small sinner. <laughs> you're, you're unsociable. You don't know how to have fellowship. You know how to befriend this one and that one. And then, all right, after a while, all right, they know you and you know them. You know how to do that thing. But that thing, a lot of times, ain't nothing about Jesus. It's about you being bored and just wanting to lime. It's not about true fellowship. Hmm? You know, Paul says we must become all things to all people. That doesn't mean we change, but that means we learn to have fellowship with people. And only in that place are you going to grow in Christ. Hmm? You, you at home under your bed and crying and saying, Lord, I want more anointing. It don't matter how big your sword is. If you don't know how to kill a devil, that sword don't do you no good. And I don't care how much fire you're feeling in your bedroom. I don't care how much fire you're feeling when worship's going on. I'm on fire. 
When you put the car in gear, will it actually go up a hill? Hmm? 20 years ago, 19 years ago or so, it was a pastor that kind of fellowship with us, and he had this old van, and he, he would bring a lot of people to the ministry and different things, but it was an old van. So we was going somewhere to do a baptism, I think in a pool. Where's that place? Something Heights? Victory Heights, and if anybody's ever been to Victory Heights, there's this big hill, it's a steep hill, right? And I've prophesied a new van to that man several times, you know. It took him several years before he ever got it, but um, so we went to Victory Heights, and he had, it, had his little van loaded down with kids. Just went a little ways up that hill, and that van ain't going no further. All the kids had to come out of the van. I'm not too sure some of them didn't have to push the van. Up that hill. And then chase the van up the hill. Although you could have outrun it, you know. Uh, but some of us are Christians like that. We feel fire in the sanctuary. But when we come face to face with the devil, we can't stand our ground. Or when we get environments and we get in fellowship, we don't know what to do. We cower away. We're timid. We're like, we're like King Saul, you know. Uh, Samuel had anointed him, but he was hiding when he wanted to bring him out. They had to go find him. And it was hard for him to hide because he was a, a foot taller than everybody, a head taller than everybody else, so they had to go find him. So some of us is like that. Some of us is, is like that old van. You know, once you put you in gear, once you put you in fellowship, there's nothing. The fire is there, but you're not accessing it because you're intimidated. You intimidate. You have the fear of man or the fear of woman, whichever, both. You don't know how to act in that fellowship. That's the problem. We don't, we don't, know, how to, we don't know how to move. We don't know how to be rejected. Huh? Because you may get rejected. So we don't know how to be rejected. If we, get, if we get flattered, we don't, most of us don't know how to do that either. We just give away to it. Once they say that we're beautiful, that's it. Once they say beautiful, that's it. I have a couple of students in this house. I catch them in a bad mood. All I got to do is say, I see money coming to you. Mood changes. I don't know what was bothering them. But money fixed it. <laughs> I serious, I see money. So if I ain't got time to stop and do a deliverance and say, what's, what's bothering you? Come on, tell me, tell me, tell me. I love you. What's bothering me? What's bothering me? You know, you got to drag it out, you know. They want to tell you. That's why they stopped you in the first place. So if I ain't got time, I say, Wow, I just see, I see $300. I see $1,000 coming. I just see money coming. Huh? Ah. Uh, fixes them one time, you know. See, some of you are laughing. Let me try another one. I see a man coming. Whoo, I feel the spirit. <laughs> You know, the devil's a man too, you know. Oh. 
No, it's in the fellowship that, that you, you see how silly you are. It's in the fellowship you see how clumsy you are. It's in the fellowship you see how dumb you are. Now, if you just go and try to fit in the fellowship, and you do your thing to fit in the fellowship, and you just go along with everybody, you don't see anything. Not even God. But when you walk into fellowship with Christ inside of you, then you begin to see how dotish you are, how clumsy you are. And even if you was a sociable person, and sometimes sociable people have the hardest time becoming Christ-like because they know how to manipulate people. They know how to manipulate the crowd. They know how to flatter the crowd or the group that they're in and get everybody laughing and going on, but they don't know how to be Christ. No, it's in that fellowship that you look stupid. Whether you're at Price Mart or wherever you're at. But see, in the sanctuary, when you're at home and you done got all the olive oil on your head and you just prayed and you got the gospel music on, you know, I don't know what your favorite gospel music is. What's your favorite gospel music? Huh? Elevation worship. That says it right there. Elevation. Uh, uh. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's that's wonderful, and and that's wonderful music. It can make you, yes, I'm ready. But when you get in fellowship, huh? I don't know how many of you know this about automobiles, but an automobile can sound and run good sitting still. But if it's got bad plugs or something like that, or bad wires and stuff like that, it can actually, in neutral, it, it can sound good and run good. But when you put pressure on it, and sometimes it just don't move. Sometimes you know you need to say something, but you can't say it. See, it's the fellowship that exposed you. And in the fellowship, Jesus says, I got you covered. And in the fellowship, Jesus said, I've come to make you strong. When you're weak, you're strong. It's in that fellowship. It's in the fellowship that we see our weaknesses. And we allow Jesus to come into those weaknesses that we can be a better person. Yeah. Or sometimes, you know, it's like when you start going to church. And, and you know, we could say the devil pulls people away. But like a lot of newcomers, when they come to church, fellowship is most important. Yes. Actually, fellowship in a church generally is more important than whatever the pastor is saying. If new people come in and they feel welcome and they feel like we accept you, we like you. They'll usually come back. They'll base it more on fellowship than they will theology. Which is not entirely bad because if the theology is right, the fellowship will be right. But sometimes we feel uncomfortable in church. One of the churches I pastored a long time ago, there's this lady. I think she liked to smoke some cigarettes and different things like that. And uh, she was yakking away in church and... I don't know. I was funning with her a little bit. This was before service. And I said, don't be lying in the house of the Lord. And, and I mean, just like this, she'd come back at me. She says, I lie in church more than I do anywhere. <laughs> I never forgot that. And she was serious about it, that she lies in church more than she does anywhere. 
because it's a cover-up. Church is not a place where you cover up. A church is a place where you come to get free. It's not a place where you cover up your sins. Hmm? We, love, we love to say that the blood of Jesus covers our sin. I don't want the blood of Jesus to cover my sin. I want it to take it away. Not just cover it up. <clears throat> I don't want to be under the grace of God that my sin ain't showing. <clears throat> I want him to take it away. And sometimes that's, that's why we can't get connected in church is because we don't feel comfortable in the fellowship. We think everybody's more holy than us. That is a lie. Ain't nobody no more holy than nobody. Yes, and we also holy. Can't nobody talk about being unholy or holy or holy. holy. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Nah. Because we, we don't know if we fit in. And I see new people, and sometimes they're not very sociable. Some people are sociable. They can come into any church and just start lying and feel comfortable. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you can just come in and... Because I've seen people like that. They, they, they're experts at small talk. But nothing that's got any weight or any seriousness to it. But... Uh, some people they come in and, and it's just it's feel clumsy and they they try to meet somebody and say hello and they say hello how are you I'm good how are you and then both of you stand there and look like <laughs> penguins on the beach in the summertime or something you know, it's like you don't know what to say next you know uh, and it's not that you can't talk to your friends or something like that you just don't know what to do in this and so a lot of times you run because you don't know how to fellowship. But see, the fellowship says, hey, you know you're not a very deep person, right? And here's some news that we might not want to hear. The Old Testament says an unfriendly person is a selfish person. Because we just, we think about us. And if that's the truth, that's the truth of who we are. And a lot of unfriendly people are just selfish people. It's not that you don't have thoughts, but you just talk to yourself all the time. Yes, and I'm not saying that to make nobody feel no, feel bad. I'm saying that maybe to expose some truth. And it's not that you're just entirely selfish. It's just that's who you are, and you you never learned to be anything else. So you can be a selfish person sitting at home with your altar and everything else and your elevation music, you know, and and you can feel so holy and so pure. But the truth is, you don't know nothing about fellowship. You don't know nothing about being a part of a family and not being the head of the family. Oh, that's the killer. We all think we could be good heads, but nobody wants to be feet. Hmm? Hmm? We, don't know, we don't know how to be a family. And that's all right. We learn. The blood of Jesus purifies us so that we can become better a family. Because here's the thing, when we die and go to heaven, we're going to be a family. I'm not sure about this, everybody gets their own mansion thing. We're going to be a family. Probably be sitting at one big table. Yes? You might be sitting there with Abraham. You don't know who you'll be sitting with. Huh? We're going to be a part of a fellowship, a family. But we don't know how to be that. And some of us, you know, some of us are old church, and we've seen so many rackets happen in church and all these things, and we just come in and act like the church mouse. 
Hello. Rackets need to happen in church. Now, I understand that the devil can get into fellowships and into churches and, and cause drama and all that stuff. Yes, we can give the devil credit for that. But I also know there's a reason why God allowed it. There's a reason why rackets occur. There's a reason why husbands and wives fight. Because they don't know how to fellowship. But the blood of Jesus, if you don't give up, or teach you how to fellowship. The blood of Jesus teaches you to say, well, you know, you was wrong and I was wrong. But it's always good to say you was wrong first. I was wrong and you was wrong. Uh, mm, mm. Or sometimes it's good to say, oh, okay, okay, let me just overlook that. Let me, let me just give them the benefit of the doubt. Right? And I know there's some people you've got to stay away from. But you should always have a, a, a concept of, 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 of love towards people. And it's not easy. Fellowship is not easy. Hmm? True? Talking about fellowship is not easy. Right? How many, how many in this room, how many in this room, <coughs> you've been in churches where rackets were at? Anybody? Yes, I know. I smell you, you know. Yes? Hmm? All right. Listen. Sometimes those rackets are good. It exposes things. Even with husband and wife, sometimes those rackets are good. It exposes things. Now will you let the blood of Jesus purify you? Huh? Sometimes the little squabble in church is good, but will you let the blood of Jesus purify you? What is the right thing to do? What would Jesus do? Not what would the devil do? You know, that's the wrong bracelet. What, what would Jesus do? It's in the fellowship that we realize, no, we ain't such a good person. It's in the fellowship that we realize sometimes we have a bad tone. It's in the fellowship that we start to realize, you know, I could be a bit offensive, you know. It's in the fellowship that we start to realize, I, man, I don't know, I just, I'm quarreling about everything. I want to go home where I'm a saint. <laughs> I want to go home where I'm not lustful. Yes, I want to go home where I'm not lustful. You know how many people come to church? And they come to hear the word. But it never fails. The devil told them to sit down on a seat that had a row of girls with short skirts. And now you're not looking up the Word of God anymore. And guess what? God still loves you. Maybe next time you should look at the skirts before you sit down but, and, and, and then sit somewhere else, you know, if, if that's a hindrance for you. But sooner or later, you're going to have to face some short skirts in life. Yes? Huh? See, the Muslims think, okay, let's just cover the woman totally up and we won't lust. Listen, you can cover a woman totally up in black from head to toe and you still see curves. And your imagination. And now you think it's Christmas and you start to want to unwrap gifts. Uh, there's only one way to deal with lust. There's only one way to deal with lust and that's the blood of Jesus. Uh, and in this day and time, you ladies ain't no better. Y'all checking every man out. When he comes and when he goes, you're watching him. Huh? You got a wandering eye too. But there ain't no cure but the blood of Jesus. Huh? And you're always getting offended by people. Ain't no cure but the blood of Jesus. The fellowship just exposes you.
It exposes, it exposes how clumsy you are at, at fitting in. You have an opinion, but you, you, you can't give your opinion because if everybody don't accept your opinion, you feel offended and you get angry and you want to go beat something up. See, it's the fellowship that does that. It's that fellowship. Whether it's the fellowship of church or, or your workplace, it's in that fellowship that exposes things. You say there's one person I can't deal with. You could deal with if Christ was in you. You could deal with that. Hmm? See? You could deal with it. But what we want to do is run from fellowship. Hmm? We want to run from fellowship. We want to say all them church people are hypocrites. And we sitting at home hiding. Huh? No. You're the hypocrite too because you don't come out into the light. It's the fellowship. The blood only works in fellowship. It don't work nowhere else. The blood don't work at home when you're by, by yourself. The blood equips you to function in this world. And you can't say that the blood works at home, me and God, we have such a wonderful relationship. Listen, you're deceiving yourself. If you think you and God are such buddies and you ain't having no fellowship... And by fellowship, I don't mean sitting on a pew on Sunday morning and not talking to nobody. You know, we have in fellowship. You ain't having no fellowship. You're listening. We're here together, but did you greet anybody? Did you smile at anybody? Uh, you're trying to find the most holy road to sit on so you, you would look good? Uh, huh? It's okay to laugh. Hello. Jesus says, I'll make your joy complete. Huh? The joy of the Lord is when we begin to have fellowship and we realize it's okay to laugh. And sometimes we may laugh at something that, oh, okay, okay, I probably shouldn't have laughed at that. Huh? And if you've been around me, you know I'm always saying some stupidness and sometimes I say, okay, maybe I shouldn't have said that, you know. But he's faithful and just to forgive me. How am I going to learn to interact with people if I don't give myself a chance to look stupid. How am I going to interact with people? And I'm called to be a light. You're called to be a light. How am I going to interact with the workplace? How am I going to interact in the world? How am I going to interact when the police pulls me over? Officer, you're right. I was speeding. I ain't going to lie about it. Yes? Give me a ticket. Lock me up. Whatever. Yes? Huh? If I don't learn to interact. And yes, I'm going to look stupid at it till I get this thing down. But here's the thing. Just because you mess up, you think God don't love you. Bad mistake. God knows you're going to mess up before you mess up. God knew you as a mess up when you come out of the womb. Hmm? Hmm? This one comes out of the womb. The Lord says, okay, this angel with this one. This one comes out of the womb. This angel with this one. This one comes out. Two angels with this one, you know. <laughs> he knows you're a mess up. He, the honest thing is you're lying to yourself because you don't come out into fellowship. The blood only works in fellowship. 
Lord, speak to us this morning. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. One of these two ladies right here, you got money coming. The Lord ain't told me who. He just, I, I see these two. You remember I said somebody on the, on the second row, the Lord had a word for it, and I just saw money coming to one of you two ladies. Mm, so I guess the Lord could give to both, you know. And I didn't just speak money to make them feel good, you know. <laughs> See, when things come to pass, then you think, wow, wow. See, here's the thing. When the word comes to pass, it's not supposed to be, wow, that prophet's good. See, you missed the message. It's supposed to be, wow, God, you love me so much, you, you gave me a word, and it come to pass. See, that's the message. So I'm going to let both of you hang on to that word. Do you, know you have, do you know you have money coming? Do you need money? Do you need money? Yes, you need money, right? Can you tell me why you need money? Because I have some important things to take care of. You have some important what? Things to take care of. Important things to take care of. And you've been asking God for money, right? Yes, Woo. I was. Yes, I the am. Lord has heard your prayer. Thank you. Hmm? Mm -hmm. The Lord says this thing is kind of on your mind night and day. Yes, it is. Last night you was thinking about it. Early this morning you was thinking about it. Is that yes. true? Yes. I'm telling you the truth. You've met with God today. And I just see that money coming to you. That doesn't mean you ain't getting yours. You just like money. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Come, 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 come back to her. Would you stand up, please? Do you have children? Why I see this little girl? There's two things I see. I was going to go somewhere else, but there's two things I see. I see this little girl, and I see this, this, this whitish-looking necklace. I don't know if it's white gold. I see this whitish-looking necklace. Do you know what those things mean? Don't know what those mean. And you don't have no children. Don't have no children, ain't lost no children, don't have no children, right? Mm, I see this little girl. Mm, and, then I, and then I saw you with this like this white looking necklace. Look quite expensive. 
white looking necklace. Mm -hmm. Wonder what that means. Something only the Lord knows what that means. So where's your father? He died. He died. When did he die? Six years ago. Six years ago. You miss him? Yeah. Were you close to him? A few months before he passed away. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. little girl is you that I saw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this necklace that I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. Represents purity and mm, what else? Mm, luxury, purity, happiness. So did you grow up wishing you had a father that would take care of you? Yes. That's you? Sometimes you still look for that father, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. You found him today, you know. You found him today. If there was one thing you was looking for in your life as you was growing up, it would have been a father. Is that true? Yes. That's true? Hmm? This is not embarrassing, is it? No. You found a father in God today. Mm. Mm. In Him. You know, it's an amazing thing. When we feel like people love us, it, it feels righteous, you know. We feel pure if somebody loves us, you know. And sometimes we just, we're looking for somebody to love us. Sometimes you just need to realize Everybody's a work in progress. So unless you're going to marry a dead person, there's no perfect people. And even they ain't perfect because they can't move very well. Mm. The Lord is going to start to work in your life in such a way that you realize you don't need nobody else. Mm. You believe that? Yes, I do. You're not going to need nobody else. He's going to heal your heart from all those, from all that brokenness in there. You believe that? He's touching your heart right now. He wants to touch it right now. Huh? Mm. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, we want to say, God, where was you at? God, where was you at? Or God, where are you at? You know, sometimes we want to say that, but God is right there with us, you know. We just have to believe it. We find God in the darkness and in his light forever. 
And when that money comes, you're going to realize that I'm speaking truth to you this morning. And when it comes, you're going to realize how much God really loves you and He hears all your prayers. Amen. Mm. So, have you ever been to the prayer room for prayer? Yeah. Mm. You should go again. Because there's some unsolved issues in your heart. You know that, right? God wants to take that away, you know. It would just disappear right now, but it's, it's like it's hinged in there. God wants to take that away so bad. Hmm? Yes. Can we make sure that uh, somebody that don't back up would pray with her? Would you like to do that? Hmm? Listen, God loves you so much. You have a father's love. Just embrace his love. Just embrace his love. Mm. You ain't missing out on nothing. Mm. Amen. All right. Mm. See, God must really love you if he just calls you out in front of everybody. <laughs> hmm? the, the Bible says he's not ashamed to call us his brother. Isn't that awesome? He's not ashamed of us. He's not ashamed of us. Mm-hmm. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. We have a few minutes. Speak to us, Lord. Who needs a word this morning? Mm-hmm. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. Who needs a word this morning? Latamaye soko voseye. Kimanai osanaye. Mm-hmm. Who's in trouble? Whose heart's crying out? Who needs a word from God? He, who needs to know where they're going? What's next? Mm-hmm. All those answers are in Christ. Sometimes the reason why we don't hear from God, we don't wait. an elbow that's hurting this morning. Somebody has an elbow that's hurting this morning. Who has an elbow that's hurting this morning? Mm-hmm. 
Somebody has an elbow that's hurting this morning. God wants to take that pain away. Who has an elbow that's hurting this morning? Where are you at? It's like these nerves or something going off in your elbow. It's like it's, it's pinching and it causes you pain. That's you? Stand up, please. Which, which elbow is it? That one right there. All right. Same, same arm. So how long you had that pain? Since, since um, COVID, I um, got the COVID and since then it started still hurting. Since the COVID? Yeah. You said since that's, you had the COVID? Yeah, that's about two weeks, two weeks ago. Uh-huh. So since you had the COVID, your elbow started hurting. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think there's nothing in the COVID to make your elbow hurt. Mm-hmm. So you recovered good from that, from the yeah. COVID? Yeah. Sometimes yeah, we have some side good. effects and things from yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I saw some of you pleading the blood of Jesus. Hey, l- at least you made some people pray this morning. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. And um, uh, life and business and everything been crazy since then. That's right. Mm. That's right. Mm-hmm. You have your own business, or are you in a high position? Um, own business. I I do um, personal training. Personal training. Yeah. What what kind of training? Um, fitness. Fitness. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So so, what does a high position? What does that mean? You don't, you don't know? Sure. Yeah. Um, because I was, I was seeing you, it's like you're in this high position, and you have people that work for you? Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. So that must be something I'm seeing in the future, because yeah. I see people working. But I, but I, I see there's a, there's, a lot of, 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 there's a lot of issues concerning work all the way around you. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you have your own place that you do this? Not yes, and the, the, the issue is I, I, I was seeking a facility. And I I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I was, and, and the issue is the, the, the area is a little bit too small. The so area is too small. Issue, yeah. Okay. Cause the, and that produces some conflict. Uh, All right. Yeah. All right. So you need a bigger place. That's right. Need your elbow fixed in a bigger place. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> <laughs> need some... Elbow room. <laughs> Can't outsmart God, you know. Need some elbow room. Just keep pushing against that wall so much and then hurt my elbow trying to push it. Yeah. All right. Does that, does that elbow hurt all the time? It, it, it hurts whenever I'm doing like moving movements or lifting 
it hurts. Stuff? Yeah, it's, it's, uh -huh. So if you pick up a weight, it hurts. Right. All right, go get him a weight. I don't know. He looked like a big guy. Looked like he needs more of a medium. But there's some, there's some people around you that's, that's kind of causing trouble. Is that true? Is that because of the place you're at? Yeah, one, one, one individual in particular. Yeah. All right, all right. You, you forget that individual, right? God's going to take care of that individual. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of times the Lord gives us places and he gives us people that aggravate us. That's just to make us stronger, right? Yes, sir. Quit letting this person aggravate you, right? All right. All right, so if you pick that up, it would typically hurt. Is that true? Yeah. All right. It's not going to hurt no more. Try it. Yeah. Oh. It's not as bad as yesterday. Not as bad as yesterday. Yeah. It's all going to no. go away. Yeah. It's going to all go away. Yeah. It's going to all go away. Is it gone away? It's good. I'm not feeling it as bad. Right. But you're feeling a little something. I want that gone. No, Jesus, no, no. complete. Uh-huh. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. You have met with the Lord today. If he can do that right in front of your eyes, he can get you a bigger space. Amen. Um, you know, sometimes, and, and you, you, sh you would know that as a trainer, but sometimes, you know, the worst thing you can do is work when you've got stress in your body. Everybody knows you should loosen up a little bit, but sometimes you need to get that stress out of your body because sometimes that can twist things in our body, right? So, so it's gone, right? Yeah, and I'm feeling it. All right. Mm -hmm. You've met with God. If he can do that right before your eyes, he can get you a bigger place, right? Bigger place coming. But it's going to be God doing it. It's not going to be you doing it. It's going to happen. I don't mean you might not have to do some things, but it's going to be God doing it, right? And, um, and uh, the Lord is going, it, it's going to grow in such a way the Lord's going to give you some people that you can, that will work with you. Yes. You do weights, is that what you do? Yes, sir. All, all types, all, right? Yeah, all right, all right. The Lord's going to give you some people. Your place going to get bigger. You're going to have people working for you. Yes, right? Yes? Yes, sir. And it's because God said so today. You met with the Lord today. He's heard your prayer. He's heard your request. That person's aggravating you. Don't let him trouble you no more. <laughs> right? Yes, sir. Who, who's this person aggravating you? They, um, they, huh? Say again? Who's the person aggravating you? Um, one of the neighbors. One of the neighbors. Yeah. Sorry, oh. aggravating, but she, not me, but her. Uh -huh. She's kind of, you know, she uh, having some issues. So. All right. You have peace in your heart. Yeah. Right? Because you ain't going to be there long. Yes, sir. And you can just let her stay there. Amen. Yes? Amen, amen. Amen? Yes, sir. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. All right. Speak to us, Lord. Mm -hmm. 
Somebody over here, you said you had a pain. Who over here has a pain? I will take somebody over here, but somebody over here says you have a pain. Who, who has a pain over here? You? You had a pain yesterday. You got it today? It's gone. All right, so it's not you. Are you afraid he's going to come back? Well, yeah. You afraid he's going to come back? It's like, it is go and come. Oh, it goes and comes. So we want to shut it out of the house so it can't come back, right? All right, it's done. You have a pain? Prophet sent um, Tuesday morning when I found out that my, um, my brother died. Uh, this lingering pain in my stomach and in my chest. Since, since your brother died, right? Yeah, I had to go and find his body on Tuesday morning in the hospital. All right. That, that's not really a physical pain. Stand up just a minute. Mm. What did your brother die of? Um, he has been battling for the past two years with um, blood in his lungs, um, an enlarged heart, and feeling kidneys. But um, the past couple of weeks after Christmas, he contracted COVID and COVID All right. in All right. his life. That's what I heard. I just want to see these people plead in the blood of Jesus. <laughs> I like to see church people pray. See, we can make every church on the face of the earth pray. All you got to do is walk in. Say, Pastor, I, I feel like I got COVID. Whole church start praying. See, you still got your joy. Your biggest question is, your brother, is your brother okay? How old was your brother? 55. 55. Oh, the second son, um, the second child of 22 children. Huh. Second child of 22 children. I'm the I, thought, I thought I had it rough with three brothers. <laughs> huh. He probably was forgot a long time ago, wasn't he? Second child of 22. That's for those of you that say your daddy don't have no time for you. But your biggest question is, is he okay? Is that true? My first question that morning when I got the call and nobody knew where he was because, believe it or not, he lives right. Well, he used to live on Frankhart Street, number six Frankhart Street. You mean right here? Yes, yeah, so okay. his house is right down the street there. All right. Um, and they in quarantine. So my biggest question was, did he um, submit himself? Did, did he give himself to Christ completely before um, dying? And did, even, he get, did he get himself to Christ, right? Yeah, if he did, yeah. If he did that. And well, 
first of all, we, we should always know that God loves us and he loves our family and he hears our prayers. And we know that the thief on the cross while he was dying, we know that one of them got saved on the cross while he was dying. Probably never went to church, never got baptized, never done any of those things. It's sad that you get saved at the end of your life because you never had the chance to live life. Uh, the thing is not about living life for Christ. I mean, that's what we do, but the reality is without Christ, we never live life. We never know what a wonderful life we could have had, and we never fulfill the purposes. And so uh, some of those things was, was forfeited with him. Uh, but he had as many traumas on the inside as he did on the outside. And strange, you know, most people you say, you want to die today, they would say no, most people would. And the ones that say they do want to die, they're probably lying to you. You could always pull a gun on them and see, but most of them they're lying to you. But um, your brother was ready to go anyway. He said, yeah. he said, he said that this Sunday, he told yeah. his wife, um, he said he can't do it no more. And he yeah. asked to go to the beachfront. She carried him one o'clock in the morning to get the sea breeze and wow. he told her he said um, he, he was just coughing every night he couldn't take it no more he told her he said I need to feel the I need to feel the fresh air and wow. he told her that Sunday midnight he said um, he said I can't do this no more and he said I'm just ready to go I'm ready to go and by the time she Tuesday morning she went made porridge because my father told him but drink some porridge and cool yourself so he told his wife he said my father said to make porridge for me and break my coffee. She said she carried it to his office, and by the time she walked out, he finished eating, finished drinking his coffee. She went to the kitchen to wash up the wares, and all she heard was, and that was it. Amen. Sometimes we can be in so much pain that we want to go, but the truth is, he was not totally happy. God has a time for all of us. And when we cry out enough to go home, he lets us go. And we should be happy. And you should be happy. And just let your brother go. Because hmm? mm -hmm. when, I, when I look in the Spirit, I see that uh, hmm? I don't see him in torment. And um, I see him as if though he has repented. There's some things that he did in his life he wasn't too proud of. And, uh, you know, sometimes we make peace with God in the midst of our, our pain, you know. So don't worry about him. He's okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, he was older than you? Yeah, that was, um, it's my second oldest brother. Second oldest brother. So did he, he ever call you Big Sis? Fuck you. Huh? He used to call me a fat girl. Fat girl. I didn't hear that. <laughs> Unless that's a polite way of saying fat. I don't know. Uh-huh. Maybe that's a polite way of saying. Hmm. Well, maybe he's just saying that's what he meant to call you. Uh, mm -hmm. Even though he, he act like the boss, he would listen to you, would he not? Huh? Yes, he would. Yes, that's why he called you Big Sis. 
So the last, the Since last you got saved, he called you Big Sis. Before that, it was Fat Girl, but now he's calling you Big Sis. The, the, the last time he came home by us, because he used to carry my dad anywhere and everywhere he uh-huh. wanted. And he came, he said, um, he said, make him pull a today. I say, yeah, um, I just want to tell you, for a woman with three children, you don't wait for nobody, you don't beg nobody. You're always working, you're always finding something to do. I just want to tell you that I'm proud of you. And you know, um, keep going at it. Keep keep doing what you're doing. You say you're doing something good enough. Just keep doing what you're doing. Amen. So you keep that word right there and you just let your brother go. And you know, sometimes we think we have to suffer when somebody dies. But once we make peace with God and understand God knows what's best, hmm? you don't have to hurt anymore. Yes? All the pain, all the pain out of your chest, your stomach is all going. Yeah, the fear is you think some others might die, too, right? Ain't nobody gonna die. God don't want to die. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you worried about your children as well, right? Why are you worried about your children? Because um, my dad. I don't know if since hearing my brother die and then his father died three months before my dad's dad, which is my grandfather died three months before, which was my brother's right. He was my, how to put it, my brother was his right-hand grandson. He would do anything for him. Uh-huh. So, hey, in all these deaths, my father just like, he just go into this place, just silent. And well, my children is like, he eyeballed Destiny, Ariana, Maya, they just keep him going. And these days he just All right. quiet. Quiet is good sometimes. Sometimes that's when we realize that we ain't going to live forever. That's where we find God at. you got to give people those times to do that, right? He's going to be fine and your children are going to be fine. And you're going to be fine. And your brother that died that is not dead is fine. You believe that? Mm-hmm. All your pain gone? Mm-hmm. See, you love God more. Kita mamahasa. Adamakasaka. Your spirit just says, Lord, I can trust you. Mm-hmm. True, right? Yes, God's Lord. still in control. Always. Always. He's in control right now. Hmm? Mm-hmm. You got the victory over this. Your feet are happy. Hmm. Are your grief gone? Somewhat, yes. Look at me. Look at me. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. It's gone. Look at me. It's gone. It's gone. You know you want to laugh. It's gone. You didn't come no funeral clothes on. It's gone. Huh? It's gone. Huh? It's gone. Your brother in heaven's telling you to dance right now. It's gone. It's gone. Uh, 
<laughs> See, you know it's there. You know that happiness is there. Listen, God's in control. Listen, and hear this well. God is not calling you into mourning. Could be a sign for the rest of your family. Because they need a sign, right? Come like me being the youngest is the only person who does kind of like snatch them when they need to be snatched. So, oh, so you're the snatcher. Unfo unfortunately. Snatching should be easy now. You know they're gonna listen to you. You know. Yeah. The 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 they do. Listen, hear me. God is not calling you to mourning. Cause they're signed to your family, and you've been asking for some help. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes. All right, trust God. Huh? Jesus didn't come to kill you, come to save you. Hmm? Yes? Touch my hand. You ain't got no death on you. Touch my hand. You ain't got no death on me. Oh, Lord. You work out? <laughs> no. You got a grip, you know. <laughs> I said you ain't got no death on you. Hmm? You believe that? Can I kiss your hand? Yes. All right. That's oh, that's all you needed. Mm. I should have just kissed her hand one time ago and got it over with you. Mm. You still loved by God? Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm. Listen, in spite of all that's going on in the world, God is still in control. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, if, if you needed a little shake-up to realize, hey, the, the world is in a mess, or I could be next. But actually, the world probably in a better state than it's ever been in. Because right now, people believe in death, and they want to have a life after death. Yes. So us, the saints, we shouldn't be so terrified. Amen. My father died of COVID, so they said. But my father wanted to go home. He come and told me that after he died. He said, I, I wanted to go home. My life was empty. Besides, when I go visit him, he said, pray. He says, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. He always telling me that, you know. Nah. And sometimes when people are young, they're more ready to go than you think. God is in control. Trust him. Yes. And have a beautiful week if you want to. Hmm? Yes, I don't, I don't want to control nobody's life and manipulate you. If you don't want to have a good week this week, you have the week you want to have. But if you want to have a good week, God wants you to have that good week. Amen. Be blessed. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Prophet.